beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I don't know. This is not my line. Rob, yeah, Rob, it's really nice. Yeah, that felt weird saying that. <laughs> Bro, it's funny because I was saying, like, who going like bring us in? Because Rob usually Yeah. This is <laughs> whoa. Okay. Nah, we good. Here we go. Let's go. Three black yeah. men, baby. <laughs> Three black men. I'm Sam. I'm Trey. <laughs> and, and we made um, it happen. Bro. I'm proud of us. Yeah, for real, man. We yeah. um been meaning to have some delightful discussion for y'all, but we got something today um okay. y'all um so i've been going back through james cone's black theology particularly the first chapter um where he's talking about where he's really defining theology and what it is and what is what it isn't um this quote really stuck out to me uh and i actually been kind of chewing on it for the last few days probably like a week or so i think when i text you trey <laughs> um so uh, he said, uh, if God is not that involved in human history, then all theology is useless and Christianity itself is a mockery, a hollow, meaningless diversion. And so when I read that, um, so he, in, that, in that he's making the argument for black theology and the necessity of it, right, because of what it observes, what um, it speaks to that uh mainstream mainstream or we can call it white evangelicalism white supremacy christianity in america whatever don't yeah. really speak to um but for me um it kind of took on a little bit of a different meaning because um i've come from theological traditions where um or i've been a part of i'll say because i didn't come from there i've been a part of three theological traditions where um your experiences are kind of overshadowed um, and made as trivial in light of what the Bible or what some might call God's word would say, right? right? Um, right. And it's well, just, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I hear you because you were saying like trivial in light of what some people say God's word is said, but really what they're comparing and using as the standard is an interpretation of God's word, right? Right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I appreciate that clarification. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm so, with you. <laughs> so, so um, I want to talk to you, Trey, because you, you being um, some of a, a person that I, I respect your thoughts and your views. So, for me, right, I'm the type of person I've come to realize that that for me, when I look back over my life. Um, when I look back over my experiences, I need to see God in the details. Yeah. Right. If God is real, God is in the details. Right. He has been in like, sure, there have been times where I may have felt like God ain't here. God ain't near. God is not around. Um, but I can look back and I can see this, that God held me. Right. Like that he right. kept me. Um, so 
brother uh pass the trait <laughs> um, <laughs> uh so when when you hear that when you think of like our experiences uh in in line in line knowing how you view the bible and i share that same view uh that it is a library right it's not right in particularly God's word, but uh, can be interpreted, people would interpret it that way, right? Um, right. Uh, and you can go into that if you want to, because maybe I foggy that up a little bit, but uh, can you just kind of give us a little bit on um, how our experiences lead us to God, how they show us God, how we can trust our experience, like our, our his- the, the history of our experiences, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Like, even if we are to take at face value the idea that the Bible is God's word, right? We still have to accept the reality that that word is filtered through human experience. And I don't just mean like the statements of the authors or whatever, but when people do that, a lot of times talk about the Bible being the word of God and they don't like factor in the whole library aspect that I like to bring. Right. The fact that the matter is a lot of times we're not really talking narrative and, and, and th- like if you read through the Quran, it's pretty straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have Muhammad saying like, this is the revelation that I received from God and God says X, Y, Z. It's not exactly what you're looking at with regards to the Bible. There's stories being told. Then you have different poetry, authors, yeah, right? different there's genres. Also, yeah. there, there's a whole lot of different things. So even from a biblical standpoint, from a a strict biblical standpoint, integrity demands that you accept the reality of people's historical perspective in in these texts. And a lot of times we will gloss over and or ignore that reality because it's a lot harder to provide a systematic theology when you take things like that into an account, like when you remove the lens that we're filtering things through in our own social location, it's harder to get everybody on the same page. But I think that's the reality of right. what faith is. And a lot of times that that's why theology is, and I don't just mean like the actual academic study of it, like the the, the, the things that we say are, are not unappealing is the wrong word sometimes it's repulsive for the simple fact it can be messy (laughs) it can be real messy what what is this i do not eat that get get that off my plate like i don't want that right right it's not it's not speaking to me right and and i think when we remove like the living elements of that we're we're setting up a paradigm for which if this isn't speaking to you what i have to work on is changing you until it does speak to you so i now have to train you in my own language in my own reality i have to make you look more like me so that you can then see this how i've been seeing this the whole time as opposed to bringing like your lived reality in the conversation with this text and letting myself be transformed mm, that sounds Feel like me? white supremacist tactics <laughs> don't it don't, don't, don't it okay and i i get that i i i agree with that um you said something and uh i want to kind of circle back to it when you were talking about how like when we remove the element of our experiences from scripture a lot of times i feel like for me um one of the things for me that made the bible so unrelatable for so long that made um 
God so intangible in certain aspects is the yeah. fact that there was that separation of like your experiences are not equivalent to God's doing or God's work or God's word or the interpretation of God's word. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there was this, there was, uh, they wanted me to separate my experiences from my theological beliefs and my theological, yeah, you know, just my theology. Right. And it, it, and my, my brain don't work like that. Right. Like I need to see like either God is real or he's not right. Yeah. God, God is real or God is not that like, that's ultimately for me. And so I needed to see that. Um, and so I'm grateful for men like you, pastors like you that could stand up and you know stand and and also rob you know that pe people like y'all you know of influence that can stand up and say nah your experiences count your experiences matter because um yeah. that was a real struggle for me uh I, I think for for god to be tangible um i needed to see god like me first before i could be transformed like him if that makes sense yeah like, i needed to know he cared right like right that's that is ultimately the christian testimony when you think about it like <laughs> that, yeah. that that is the story yeah. of, of christianity our, our main theological claim is that god loved humanity enough to put on humanity so that mm. we could more closely know the reality and the essence of god Right. So as we're sitting there trying to figure out how to live out these words, God steps into our situation and shows us how it's done. That's the central yeah. claim of humanity. So to take God apart from history is like to, 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 to separate that, to, to make God mm -hmm. something distant or otherwise is to strip the Christ out of Christianity. Like the, the the Christ is 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 yeah. the essence of God that is among us, transforming and redeeming and redeeming and active. That 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 is what that is. And yeah, I think there are certain times like because James Cohen is the one who said it, a lot of people are going to reject it off rip. But yeah, that, yeah. that brother be spitting, like, <laughs> bro. He was prophetic, like a month. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, we can't be saying that because like the, half the reason we have conversations like these is because people assume yeah. that if it happened in the Bible, it's done happening, right? Like God, God was a historical reality, but is no longer <laughs> because yeah. because the canon is closed, then then God's story is closed, right? And 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 that's you know what that that just seems so. uh I don't know. That just seems so far, right? That don't see, that doesn't seem like a God that's loving and kind and affectionate and intimate. You know what I'm saying? Like to just close off communication. Right. <laughs> like, I don't. Nah, I don't have done. a need for a God like that. That that. Um, <laughs> There's too much going on. I need a God that right. speaks. Need, who is a very present help in a time of need. You feel me? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and, yes. and that's what it's got to be for me. And for that reason, yeah. like, it's, it's one of them things. I think, I don't even remember. You remember Mike used to be in the group chat with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't even remember where he got it from. I think he got it from somewhere, or it might have been original to him. I don't know. He was like, oh, there are no Christian. There is no Christianity. There are Christianities. Right? right, yeah. And that is a fundamentally different way of viewing things, whether, mm -hmm. like, everything there is to know about God has to be garnered from scripture is, is a thing that people believe. And that's something that I reject emphatically. 
what scripture does it serves as a home base for me like i i filter scripture through my experience and i filter filter my experience, experience through scripture, through scripture. Like it's, yeah it's a, dialectical process that two-way street you know right and even that can get tricky because no two people have the same experiences right like um i mean i think fundamentally like when you hurt i mean maybe there's like different levels of hurt or frustration or whatnot but but fun, like we ex our experiences we come through from two different walks of life right yeah. like you you've had one experience i've had another experience but yet to have uh, a god that's so powerful that can speak to both of our experiences that sure. you can that we can look back and look back and see him in the details of our lives holding us and keeping us uh bringing us peace and comfort you know what i'm saying uh bringing right. us to to people that can nurture us and love us when we need that um i think that to me speaks to his um omnipresence and his omnipotence more than anything um because one one thing that I noticed, like being a part of when I was a part of the reform tradition, like there was this um, idea that somehow me having the ability to choose to do different things would restrict God's power. Yeah. Um, or his uh, his will, uh, in a sense that God couldn't get what he want if I chose what I wanted. Yeah. You get oh, what are we saying? talking about like like the predestination like impact or or am I, am I oversimplifying just the just the just the free will aspect okay. of it you yeah. know what I'm saying um and I think that's sort of for me that's that also kind of helped murky the waters of the experiences right so because yeah. I have different experiences like I've been to prison I've also been a youth pastor I've also been a music you know what I'm saying I have so many right. different experiences but yet God has been there the entire way. He has kept me, he has guided me. He has placed people around me to nurture me every step. But even in those loneliest times, like they're, they, I can look back and be like, nah, because I can see God. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. can see that God kept me uh, in those situations. So with that, I kind of wanted to go, I want to ask you another question. <laughs> do you believe my brother, uh, and a two-part question, because it might be a no. I hate uh, do, you, do you believe question, man? Because I always feel like it's a chance I might get fired based on how I am. Nah, it's Wait, not no. a yes or no. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 just, I ain't scared of being fired, man. Look, yeah, nah. It's first time for everything. Look, we dialoguing on this one. <laughs> um, do you believe that God redeems our experiences um, or our history or our past? Uh, and what would that look like if he did or didn't? Yeah, I think redemption is the the overall the, the meta net the meta narrative of of the god that is revealed through scripture right and this this gets me in trouble like this this is the type of stuff i say that like will get me disinvited from churches or whatever because like people ask me like oh do you believe that god ordained this absolutely not right right like somebody's like do you believe that god ordained the cross and i was like no nah. and it's like oh so you don't believe x whatever the exact address was and i was like yeah i don't think that that doesn't make sense to me like that would that would mean that god is cruel right right in the same way like if god were to ordain all of these things that we experience then mm -hmm. then we serve a cruel god mm -hmm. there's got to be a better way for you to get this lesson across than than us having to endure suffering and things of that nature so what that means then is that the very real hell that people experience in their lives on this earth um, either god has ordained that for you either 
God is indifferent about your suffering or God sees your suffering, hears your cries and is powerful enough, strong enough, loving enough, careful enough to redeem that situation, to redeem you from that, right? And so like Christians in general, we could take this instrument of torture that is the cross and then make it a sign of God's power because the cross was not able to defeat Jesus, right? And in the same way, there's stories like, yo, you went to prison, but you you not no stereotype. You understand? Like from yeah, that place yeah. you minister yeah. and you recognize from, from the underbelly, like how that system, is unfair to people who've gone through, uh, regardless of, of, of whatever they've done, like you you are bigger than your mistakes. And that is a testimony, yeah. like God speaks through that story. Um, everything that I've been through becomes a testimony of how God kept me and was active, right? God, I don't think that God ordained slavery for the Hebrews in Egypt. Mm -hmm. I think that God redeemed them from slavery in Egypt. Like I think those are different things uh, i've been wrong about stuff before but yeah, no, yeah. just and, and, just and in the same way there was um this is something i struggle with right because i've been yeah. reading a lot of the history of like the black church and formal black traditions and there were a lot of black ministers in the 18th 19th centuries who were wrestling with and sometimes propagating this idea that God ordained slavery or enslavement for the West Africans in order that they might get the gospel. And it breaks my heart when I hear that. And I hear vestiges of that in thinking today because that means that what we have done is accepted the God of the people who enslaved and tortured and brutalized yeah. our ancestors when i believe that god did not ordain any such thing that god redeemed that because mm -hmm. in that situation we had to believe and lean on a god who heard our cries like in that mm -hmm. state and in, in those things that god was interested not just in the the past enslavement of the hebrew people but in the present enslavement of the african peoples and that god would would move mightily to save in that situation right so i, I do believe that god is a redeemer of of the the, the hell <laughs> that we so yeah. frequently find ourselves in you know yeah okay yeah i i uh, i i so it sounds like what i'm hearing is that in a sense, you believe that part of the redemption of our past experiences lies in and uh, the keeping of us, for one, right? Keeping us um, in wholeness, right? And right. The, whether that be health, you know, our mind, whatever, but keeping us in those situations. But um, also the fact that those situations, um, we didn't perish in those situations. Is that is that kind of like a... To an extent, like yeah, like from a communal standpoint, we did not perish. And I, and I want to be careful in saying that because at the same time, no, a lot of people perish. Like a lot, mm. a lot of people actually died. They died in... in yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They, 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 that, that, that's a very real thing. And I don't want to be the type of thinker, of minister, of theologian that, that ignores that fact to paint this rosy side of picture, right? Like, yeah. I don't think that the reality of God prevents the reality of 
of of torture, like of 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 evil. Right. I, I, I don't believe that is the case, right? Like if my my belief is that uh, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. That means that mm-hmm. evil is here, but it doesn't put out the reality of God. It, right. it doesn't okay. mean that, like on this side. So I hope I'm being clear there. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, I get I absolutely get that. Okay. Um. Last little bit, right? So if you could leave the people with um a word of encouragement for somebody who might be, um, you know, whether they have, you know, something that they're struggling with because of, as a result of their actions or as a result of somebody else's sin, and they are struggling that God is not near them or their situation, right? Can you, I know that's a spur of the moment, but can you just give them a little, just a little word of encouragement, Pastor Trey. For sure. That's always a tricky thing for me to navigate, particularly when I'm sitting with people who are going through, right? But the reality of the situation is that as Jesus was on the cross, the Bible tells us Jesus harbored questions. He was quoting the song, he said, my God, why have you forsaken me? (laughs) And there's this moment of uncertainty as to whether or not any of this is going to work. And I wasn't a sign of Jesus's lack of faith. Like, no, his faithfulness is what got him all the way to that point. It was a matter of like, yo, I've been doing right. I've been living into my calling. Mm. And this right here sucks. It stinks. I hate it. Before Jesus is arrested, he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's got to be another way. If you can find another way, let's do that one. Get it. Let's do that one. But if not, not my will, but yours Mm -hmm. be done. Right. And so this journey of faith, a lot of times we get whipped up into this idea that, oh, yes, God has ordained all of this. And um, I don't know to what extent that is the present help that we need <laughs> in our times. Oh, whether or not God has ordained it is almost immaterial when you're in the middle of going through it. My, the question is, is, is God going to get you through? Can, can God get you out? And then um, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, it's, we we can look back on the people who have made it through, right? And my testimony ain't always uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's that, that like that, that's my prayer, right? That <laughs> ain't always, always the testimony. testimony. Some that's of them, right. some of them things be be some of them weapons being formed. They look like they might be mighty successful. Some of them things be prospering, yeah. but my my testimony is that of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before Nebuchadnezzar. Um, in the furnace that uh god will save me and even if he don't even if even don't. if he don't uh, i'm still not going bow, right um and that is in essence what it means to have faith to be faithful mm-hmm. is that even were it not for whatever promises of god you've been counting on that you will live into the fullness mm-hmm. of who god has called you to be whatever may come like that's what this whole thing is about and where where, where the faith comes in where we believe that god rewards us that in that faithfulness uh, god vindicates us 
Yeah. God looks at you and says, well done, yeah. my good and faithful servant. Yeah. And whatever uh, was coming your way has, has to fall by the wayside because um, the omnipotent one cannot be overpowered. Hey, man. Hey, listen. <laughs> I don't know if y'all grabbed something right there or not. Me neither, man. Oh. But I hope y'all did. My prayer for y'all is that y'all would um, be blessed, um, that you would experience um, the gentleness of the good shepherd in yeah. new ways, um, and that you would be free. Hey, Amen. You know that y'all be free. I love y'all, man. Love y'all for real. What is going on, y'all? This is your boy Sam, and I am here to do uh, another segment of On the Front Burner. <laughs> um, man, listen, On the Front Burner. Listen, this month, my baby turn, my baby Samaya turns four, so it's about time for her to go to VPK. And that's a little surreal for me. Like a couple times I've opened up the computer and I've tried to get her a spot for VPK and uh, my eyes water up a little bit and uh, (laughs) I have to close the computer down. So uh, I'm going to get over it. I'm going to get my baby registered, but it's just surreal, man. And, And a reminder of just how time is just every day is just ticking so um another reminder for me to to really just try to enjoy every moment that i can um not just with them but with the people that i love because you know we're not gonna be here forever right and uh i want them to remember if they remember nothing else about me i want them to remember that i love them so um uh, and not just my kids but just you know anybody that i actually care about (laughs) all right so um i pray love peace and joy over y'all uh stay tuned for the episode three black men let's get it appreciate you rocking with us for another episode of three black men here's the part of the show where we ask a favor from you now earlier i mentioned a couple of ways that you can support us by joining our community over at patreon.com slash three black men we have multi-tiered support options and you can get bonus content if you don't want to do that you can submit a one-time contribution by finding us on paypal at three black men podcast at gmail.com but we ain't here to tap your pockets Here's a few ways that you can help us out without spending a single dime. You can stop what you're doing right here, right now, and make sure that you've left us a review and a rating. Don't just give us the five stars. Go ahead and write out how much you love this show and tell everybody about it. Do it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you at. Make sure you leave that rating and a review, and that's going to help even more people join the fun over here. Thank you so much. I knew God loved you for some reason. <laughs>